Mm. All right, cool. We are hot. Are uh, we? Yeah, of course. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is, uh, yeah, this is our first take. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever Fireside Chat with the Bear Bard. This is where I sit down with RPG people and we cover topics from all over the RPG space. Today, we're joined by a personal friend of mine who goes by Wolfgang95. Why don't you introduce yourself, Wolf? Um, well, as you said, I'm Wolfgang95. At least that's my internet moniker. I have a sweet YouTube channel with whole 75 subscribers, and only one of them is my mother. And I've known, I've known the Bear Bard for a while now, and we talk, uh, you know, mostly D&D, but other tabletop RPGs quite a bit. And along with other things, not really sure where else to go with the yeah, introduction. It, it really is. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you having you here. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, like he said, he does have a channel. It, it Right now it's got some fun clips on there, but he will be coming out with more content in the future. So make sure you go check out that channel. Maybe give it a sub. See what comes out later. Finally break into some D&D content for once. A little bit of D&D <laughs> content, trying to get that going. I, I got you, I got yeah. you. Uh, yeah, I really, I'm stoked to have you on this first episode. Yeah. To get, this, get this going. Um, so what is, let's, let's just set up for the, for the listener. Yeah. What is your experience with TTRPGs? Uh, my experience, I've been playing uh, TTRPGs for about five years, I want to say. Um, initially started with a Pathfinder campaign I was invited into, and then we transitioned to 5th edition. And lately I've been dabbling um, with uh, Merkborg while also running um, Baldur's Gate, Descend to Avernus for uh, a few of my friends. Awesome. So... Uh, obviously, you have some D and D uh, DMing experience. Yeah, I've been, I, and yes, I said DM for this because it's D and D. DM GM exchangeable. Uh, I am. You just call me a master. Sure. Um, <laughs> I am the master. I am just the M. Um, I've been running. I've been. I guess I've been GMing technically for almost two years. I started February, like twenty twenty, like just before the pandemic. I finally like jammed my first one shot, and then transitioned into doing a, a campaign or two awesome so uh <clears throat> is there any game so you've played you said you played pathfinder you've played morkborg and D, uh fifth edition uh is there any other games that you're wanting to try playing is there anything you've been looking at i really want to try pathfinder again now that i'm more i guess experienced as a player i really want to try playing it uh being the first rpg i jumped into tabletop rpg a lot of the players including myself well, we didn't buy books, and so we didn't really <laughs> learn how to play properly. So I really want to try that again. I also really want to try Pathfinder 2nd Edition because that just seems neat. Or just any kind of, like, maybe more a, more of a modern setting, something out of the fantasy kind of genre would be great. I got you, yeah. Yeah, if you ever want to uh, uh, piss off um, Pathfinder fans, just go into a, a, a forum and uh -huh. say Pathfinder whatever edition is better. If you say first edition, you piss off all the second edition people. <laughs> say second edition, piss off all the first edition people. I, is Pathfinder second edition actually popular? I, I never see books anymore in stores. So I don't so, know if they're being sold out or not being published. What, what I've seen, again, not as, as, as someone who hasn't played Pathfinder, I want mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Starfinder. Uh, I want to check out Starfinder. I think that'd be fun. Well, they have, a, I found out they have a race of bears. It's, it's, they're called the Uplifted. They're, they're, they're bears. They've just been uplifted and given like sentience. My God. And they even have like a bard equivalent class. Okay. And so I'm going to make sci-fi bear bard. Sci-fi bear bard. <laughs> you got to have those like wraparound sunglasses, like the one, the one lens. Yes. Yes. The uh, Jordy LaForge. Yeah. 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 yeah that'd be, that'd be, that'd be perfect. Uh, I know I want to try it, but, but yeah, that's the thing that they're very passionate about. I've, I've always seen 
Uh, you have seen a couple other creators and stuff like that. They're very like first edition, second edition. Ah, yeah. I, the first edition seemed to be more hardcore because well, it was made. It was made to be basically three point five. Yeah, it's pretty nitty gritty, I'd say. Um, but it was neat, you know. But yeah, as a new new player, it was kind of like there's a lot going on here, and I haven't re- actually read the rules. I'm being told <laughs> I should have bought my own book, and I just never did. Yeah, yeah. I know three point five was pretty crunchy, and so yeah. I think that's that's where you know Pathfinders. You know, First edition is still crunchy, but I think second edition they second edition lightened it up a little bit. From 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 what again, this yeah. is this is third party, so I could be totally wrong. Their, their character creation seems pretty crunchy to me. Um, I feel like I would need like an app to keep track of <laughs> things, or at least help me make a character quicker. Yeah, but I mean, I like I like how I guess specialized the character creation seems to be for second edition. See, that's the nice thing about D and D is we have so many resources like D and D Beyond and stuff like that that yeah. help us create characters for some of these other smaller games. I mean, I'm not calling that one small by any yeah. means, but you know, well, I mean, compared to games. fifth edition in America, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. But it's, no, it's, 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 it's big in the space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So each, each podcast, we, uh, we let the guests choose the main topic. It can be literally anything from the space on a micro or macro level. Today, we're talking about our experiences, newer DMS and things that we wish we knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I myself have actually also a newer DM. So I've only been DMing for about a year. I did a couple one shots of like 3.5 back in the day, but it was very like haphazard. Mm-hmm. I didn't even own the book. So <laughs> it <laughs> oh was just God. kind of like I just made up a story and then we kind of went with it. I'm just like, yeah, yeah uh, give me a roll. Roll me a die. That seems good enough. <laughs> you know, hey, that's like that, that looks like a good roll. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna call it. It's but yeah, because especially again, three three five was crunchy. So it was hard to just kind of come in, but but yeah, that that's really my experience. Mm-hmm. And so uh, yeah, we just kind of wanted to uh, uh, t- kind of go over our um, kind of what we've seen, our impressions, our, our struggles, yeah. uh, things that we wish we knew. So, so as as a newer DM, what is that? For, so that first, let's take us through that first time you DM'd. Mm-hmm. What what was that like for you? The first time that you, you said, "Okay, I'll be DM." Yeah, um, I was pretty nervous. I actually ran for a group of people I had never played D anD D with before. Um, I, instead of playing my core group, I got a few friends together online. Two of them were pretty new to RPGs, and one guy I kind of knew was pretty experienced. It was a lot of fun. Um, my, I guess my biggest thing I had to handle before actually running the game was making an encounter that would actually fit like a one-shot because one, running a one-shot is the best way to start. If you jump into a campaign, you might overwhelm yourself. A one-shot's pretty low stakes, and it lets your players kind of like they can experiment, you can experiment, if things don't go the way they're planned, no one's hurt because there's not this big long arch arcing thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it was. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was just simple. Like, bandits stole, uh, you know, some valued items from like the the king's, I guess, treasure room. Like, it's been a few years, so it's hard to remember. A couple of years. So they had to go basically find the bandits. I started them off like near the cave where the bandits were. They had to go in there, fight them, and then there was like a secret evil dungeon in the back that I had made, which kind of made things more than one shot. I made it into a two shot, but uh, it, yeah. they, they had a lot of fun. I can go in more on that if you want, or we can. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, um, that's the hard part with one shots in general is like, yeah. I feel like every time, at least personally, like whenever I'm trying to make a one shot, I'm like, yeah, this is a great one shot, but what's their motivation? Yeah. What's this? Well, how about this? And then so it like. It balloons. Yeah, like, yeah. well, my one shot just became a new campaign. That's cool. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my my initial plan for that one shot was that they'd get the job and then they'd have to do tracking to find the cave, you know, find the cave where the bandits are, get in, fight the bandits to get the treasure, and then deal with the dungeon. 
and cutting it to just them. I think it was smart just to cut them to being at the cave. You, you tell them they've accepted the job. They already met each other. I mean, have to introduce their characters at the table, but they already met each other. And they're like, I don't know, an hour or like a half hour's travel from the cave. So they could have a little role play in the woods. And then you, you know, you intro the location once they get there. And then they kind of move from there. But yeah, pacing, pacing is hard. And I think one shots really help you learn pacing somewhat. Being a GM is always a learning experience. And you just kind of run one shots until you feel you're ready to take on campaign. I'll also say that out of all the one shots I've ever run, only I think that's been like more than six. Only two of them have actually ended being a one shot that actually like concluded. <laughs> yeah. Um, one was for fifth edition, which was I had them have to like fight bandits on a boat. There was like a docked ship and they had to go in there to like retrieve some items that were stolen from a shipping company. So they were in like some bad port town and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And they ended up finding like a, a trapped prince in there and we ended up making that into a campaign. But they finished the one shot there and then my other one was I ran the uh, Merkborg built in adventure which took like five six hours to do but we did technically do it in one shot <laughs> it was it was a long day, a long day although uh, you know I, I talked to people and it was like oh yeah we, we went for a normal eight hour gaming mm -hmm. session it's just like oh okay that's you know yeah <laughs> i said i'm a dad i can't i can't do the eight no, hours yeah, anymore yeah. i mean that's, that's the hard part you gotta find where to fit it in if you're busy yeah because an eight hour session is cool if you can muster the time and the energy yeah no exactly yeah that's that's the hard part and then you know you just other people their commitments so yeah i know i have trouble committing to my four hours a week yeah, yeah. <laughs> to do to do that late at night no i know I, that's that's my so my my first the first game i, I dm'd again was was a 3.5 but it was very like it was a one shot but i was i just made it up it was basically you know, we were doing these little one shots uh, at my buddy's house. Yeah. It was like he was there, then then he had some roommates that played D and D, mm -hmm. and so like we'd all get together. There was just a bunch of people, and and I'm just like, you know, I'm like, these are kind of fun stories to tell. So yeah. I just I just made it up off the cuff. I did no, I did nothing. I'm just like, I'll do I'll do one, and everyone's like, they're like, okay, cool. So I had like three people, and so it was just like these guys were going through this town. Mm -hmm. Um, they were given a quest, and then they had to go stop this evil wizard. Yeah. Uh, so they get out to the forest and, you know, they had to fight some goblins and then they go into this cave and then the cave in the cave, the wizard is just too powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just basically made them lose, which, you know, I get, I knew nothing. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't even do it like fairly. I just like, <laughs> you yeah. know, he's like, I'm like, okay, uh, he uses a spell and throws it and, and you're pinned against the wall. Yeah. He's like, well, I try to fight it. I'm like, you can't. He's like, what if I try really hard? I'm like, okay, roll. No, you failed. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's, I think that's why you do the one shot is like, it can be, you know, if your players get frustrated, like, you know, that's a learning experience, but like, it won't be this big buildup. They've made this character knowing that the character probably only be used once. And yeah. so, yeah, if their feelings, you know, people get invested in their characters. And so doing a one shot doesn't give you the time to get too, invested yeah. in the character. Unless it's a character you've used a bunch of times. And it's but yeah, so so they went through this thing. He monologued. They pass out, and then mm. they woke up in the tavern they left that morning. Yeah. But they, it was like everything was dusty. They go out like the tavern's the only thing left. The town's been leveled. Okay. And it's been like destroyed for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And then I left it. And so I was originally originally I was gonna turn it into a whole thing. Yeah. But then like you know my one buddy he went into the navy and then all this other stuff. So then 
the work I got. But yeah, no, the, the first time, then I didn't do anything DMing for a long time. Yeah. You've been talking about actually wanting to kind of pick up that like, yeah, yeah, idea. That, that, uh, yeah, I'm writing a campaign that kind of takes up that same concept a little, little yeah, different. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, well, I've had 11 years, 12 years since then to kind of like think about be it. Be better at storytelling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's not quite, I was like, yeah, like, like 12 years ago or something. Like that. Shh. Molded this, <laughs> yeah. So then, then I did. I started this DM campaign. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, for, for fifth edition. I'm like, you know, I'll do a. I, I tend to like homebrew everything, and I so think, I think homebrewing honestly is always better, and that's from my experience. Um, I'm gonna give you a little side tip here. Side tip: if you're new to GMing, do not run Baldur's Gate to set into a Vernus. Uh, it is. <laughs> it has some cool ideas, but it is a poorly written campaign. Also, don't run uh, Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. That one also is kind of weirdly written. Uh, make up your own stuff if you have the energy and the time. Um, or, I don't know, try to find something that's maybe simple to start with. <laughs> if you're going to start a campaign, don't do what I did. But, yeah, go ahead. Wolf, Wolf, Wolfgang top tips of the day. Yeah, Wolfgang don't, don't, top tips of the day, if I could say that right. Wolfgang 95's top tip of the day. Do not run Baldur's Gate Descent to Avernus unless you're willing to rewrite a lot of stuff because the campaign starts you in Baldur's Gate and then you never return to Baldur's Gate, and they make Baldur's Gate very important and then not important at all. So it's name recognition. They because they had the game. That's it. That's if they if they hadn't had the Baldur's Gate games, yeah. they never would have called it Baldur's Gate. Also, the setting, the tone is like really inconsistent between them wanting to be like, "Oh, your players, it's scary. Oh no, there's devils everywhere, and you should feel this ho- <laughs> sense of hopelessness." And also, like, "Hell yeah, you're in giant, you know, war machines, and it's Mad Max." Isn't Mad Max cool? And uh, you're ready to do a fetch quest for like six <laughs> levels because that's literally uh, you. You send your players on a fetch quest from like levels like seven to eleven, something like that, and it's just that gets tiring for for everyone. I say it's it's a it's a death metal side quest mm-hmm. trying to be Dark Souls. Sometimes, sometimes I don't know, it's it's a. <laughs> It's a cool setting and it has some cool ideas, but I think the least fun thing about it, besides there being a big fetch quest, is that there's no real like reoccurring like true villain. Like Zeriel is like on the cover, but like she doesn't show up. And really, like realistically, if she were to show up, she wouldn't take shit, and she would probably just just kill just her kill her. the players if they were like really a nuisance. So yeah. yeah, it's not. It's got some cool ideas, but yeah, it's not. Don't do that one. I know. I, a lot of people say the. Uh, uh, not the intro pack, but the essential pack. I hear really good things about the essentials pack. Yeah, people are saying that's a really good. I I actually picked up the essentials pack, and I've been meaning to do it, but yeah. I just I picked it up after I started because I'm running Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Yeah, and that one it's actually been pretty fun. I've I've ended up just kind of rewriting a lot of it myself, or, or just kind of going yeah. off on my own thing. Like I because I even ran. Uh, there's, there's a theme here. <laughs> You'll do a lot of rewriting with the modules, but I think adding the personal flair really like makes it special for your players and it also makes it a little easier for you as a GM to manage because you start being able to remember things because you made them up as opposed to having them in a book that you have to remember the, yeah, remember yeah. but yeah but no 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 that's that's absolutely right yeah and, and then and then it's just a better connection to it you know if, if you have a character you know like like uh, uh so there, there's a side quest that we did mm-hmm. the the guy is supposed to be this kind of just like generic like hardened old paladin yeah. And instead of doing that, I turned him into this just insufferable prick. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, 
I'm out here doing good work and oh, I guess I'll let you help me, you know, but it's just like, he's way, he's much more memorable. And then yeah. I can put more into that, you know, quote unquote performance mm-hmm. because I care more about it. And then I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm there like, yes, you know, this is me, this big grand, you know, and then yeah, it's just more fun. You know, I turned, uh, they have the, um, the Harpers. Uh, I have the leader of the Harpers. They're kind mm-hmm. of like, they're basically good spies. Okay. Uh, and and but I turned their leader basically into Colonel Sanders, and so he's, he's the so super he? spy, but he's just like, you know, because like you 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 you're supposed to meet him at a theater, and it's okay. this kind of secret. Like you're sitting in the private booth, and yeah, and so you get there, and he's just, he's this big dude, and he he's kind of like being real secretive. He's like your secret handshake. Were you followed? Were you? You know, all this stuff. And then he just starts like, <laughs> oh, y'all should have seen y'all face. You know? yeah, okay, okay. I was like, where's the, where's the Sanders come in? I was say, like, he turned into just, just he's just Colonel Sanders. And so he just, he's just laughing. He shows up, he showed up to breakfast one day yeah. uh, when everyone woke up in there. Because you get, you get Trolls Cold Manor. You get this yeah. like little mansion bar thing. And so he just shows up one day and starts eating eating their bacon uh, in the morning. Just to- you know what this you know what make this bacon better? You put it in a bucket. You put it in a bucket. You get that KFC chicken with 11, <laughs> 11 seasons. You know, I got this thing I'm working on. I got this thing. It's all, it's called a pet project. You got these 11 herbs and spices. But I'm trying to find the correct ratio. Once they're done, it's going to be finger licking good. I'll it's tell you be, what. Oh, ooh, I, should, I need to trademark that finger licking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but uh, no, my first. Oh, my God, that first one. Because, again, the one shot that I did yeah. was fine. Because I just made it up on the spot and the thing. But when I did this one. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous. Yeah. And and I I messed up so much. Like yeah. everything because I I over prepped. I prepped like hell. Like I spent, I literally spent, because it was on a Saturday. Like during the week, I did a bunch of stuff. And then that Saturday, yeah. I started at 10 a.m. and we didn't start till like 9 p.m. And I just prepped. Yeah. And like, you know, I have I have a kid. So I, yeah. you know, I have to break that up, but I prepped all day and I I I did all this prep in the first couple couple sessions I did so much prep and I was like I don't have enough oh my god what am I gonna do yeah because you know you still have to look things up you can prep all you want yeah and you still are gonna have to re- like look things up and and they're still gonna be because they're not gonna do what you you know they're, they're not, not gonna do what you plan and yeah. you gotta that's actually the thing learn to roll with what your players are doing like in a G, you know in a D&D game in a tabletop RPG it's important for the players and for you to have fun but like yeah make sure as a GM you're a little disconnected from like how much you like are worried about the story going a particular way because your players are going to do you're going to plan for a b and c and your players are going to do like w and yeah you just kind of have to roll with it figure it out and that should be the fun part too is like just it's it's hard you know if you're really excited about it you can really fall into like over prepping um i over prep sometimes and there's a lot of games where actually some of my best games are the ones where i do minimal prep like just because i didn't have time or something and it's just like Okay, um, one guy I was watching his his rule of thumb is like to only prep for like I think it was like two hours for every hour of game or something like some something yeah. like that. It was like don't prep a lot, you know, or like limit your prepping. Like if you're prepping too much, you're just gonna like get in your head. Um, yeah. The first session, so like for Baldur's Gate, I ran a session like zero point five. I'll call it. Yeah. Uh, in in that Baldur's Gate and Vernus, they have this really fun thing where your players share a dark secret. And you roll to see what the secret is, and you roll to see what their role is. And I kind of went through it with my players, and they all kind of just chose what their secret was. Like, we rolled, and then we were like, nah, and then we kind of, like, just slumped it out. So I had a session 0.5 where I did a very, like, completely improv session of D&D, 
where they basically played out what happened. Like I had no battle maps. I drew no maps. The only map I gave them was a map of the city. And I kind of just, we ran through it. It was all just like, you know, on the spot pretty much. Probably one of the best sessions of the campaign. Session one, I was nervous. I prepped. I really like was following the book to a T. Don't do that. Especially with with, uh, Baldur's Baldur's Gate. It's horribly balanced. Horribly balanced. You're going (laughs) to, if you run Baldur's Gate Descent to Avernus as written and your players go along with it, you will have a whole new party by the time they're done with Baldur's Gate. But um, I ran the first session as written and they were like, what the hell is this basically? <laughs> like they were like, this is, this was not good. Um, and I ended up retconning that first session, doing it again and bet, but better next time. Yeah. Sorry. I kind of <laughs> no, 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 no. took off with that. <laughs> that that's, that's what we're all about with this one. That we're, yeah. we're just, we're just going over. Yeah. Don't, don't, your, I'll say it like this, your, your, your D&D module, if you choose to run a module and not just write something on your own, is not the Bible, I'll say, in a way. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not gospel. Don't be afraid to go off book. The book is supposed to be a guideline, not like a hard, like, no, this is how you got to do it. Uh, kind of Jack Sparrow with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I know it was, was, uh, it was one of the other characters that actually said the line. They're more guidelines than rules. I don't remember. It's been such a long time. I know. Uh, it's whatever the the Barbosa, Captain Barbosa. Uh, I think it was the the main bad guy from the first one. Oh, God, I I don't know why I can't remember. I can remember like the squid dude. It's it's been yeah. years since well, I watched. Davey, that's Davy Jones. That one was Davey easy Jones, to remember. Yeah, Davy Jones. Davy Jones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also like he he looked crazy. It was like whoa. Yeah. Check this guy. Yeah. Out. Oh yeah. CG back then was was pretty solid. You're just like you know this. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was the uh, I think Barboza, the guy the guy who who in the first one was was the main antagonist and then spoilers for a 20 year old movie. Yeah. He came back in a later one as a good guy or whatever antihero. Yeah. I will say actually, if you're looking for a module, if you're looking for a one shot in particular to run, but you don't want to make your own thing up. The um, level one, it, I guess level one module in uh, Candle Keep Mysteries, I really stand behind that one. That one's actually super well written. And it took me two sessions to do it with uh, the Bear Bard over here. He was involved. Uh, he unfortunately had to miss the second session. Yeah. But uh, it's really tight, well written, and just kind of like a fun atmosphere. It's really good for all ages too if you're looking to like, run for you kids know or kids yeah. or you know it can be run for kids and run for adults um yeah the tone is just really friendly in that first one yeah it was it was i, I can confirm as a player side it was a lot of fun and that book has multiple right that book has a it bunch goes, of different it goes up to like level i think it has like 17 one-off adventures that go all the way to level 16 so i think there's like two that are like for like level like 15 or something like that so there's a there's a wide array they're all varying in quality um, yeah. on if they're good or not because it, it was also like 17 different writers but the uh, I think it's like the joys of extra dimensional spaces is what the first one is called is really well done so if you can get your hands on that and you want to run just a level one one shot but you want like a guideline it's a really really good one to run I'd Those, uh, you said out. Mysteries of Cattle Keep yeah Mysteries of Cattle Keep yeah. Cattle Keep Mysteries is what Keep, the, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 no that one and then I, I actually just picked up I haven't got it yet They're, they haven't shipped them out yet but I'm really excited about uh, that one Strixhaven actually looks really good yeah but uh, XP to level three and those oh, guys, yeah, they all yeah. came out with one. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, what is the name? Uh, not the not the Necro. No, it's like a Questonomicon. Questonomicon. There it is. Yeah, yeah. I just I yeah, just yeah. ordered that one. Uh, 
you know, it's funny because I said I wasn't like, after this one. Like, I'm enjoying the water deep, but I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do more adventures. Although I, I do yeah. kind of want to run Curse of Strahd at some point. Curse of Strahd. So yeah, I'll say. Just so I can talk to you because yeah. everyone talks about I'm, it. I don't want to. I don't want to dog on like wizards right now. Even though I've already yeah. said like two of their campaigns are not well written. <laughs> um, most of the stuff that comes out of wizards as like new, I've learned, and this is from somebody who's only played a little Pathfinder, mostly Fifth Edition, and a little bit of like Merkborg. Like I've run like two games of Merkborg or Morkborg or whatever. Most of the stuff that comes from wizards when it comes to actually adventures are not really that friendly for players to run. They're kind of there's there's a lot and they're they're just not formatted in a nice way, but Curse of Strahd is really good. Everybody says Curse of Strahd is really good. I've played a whole campaign of Curse of Strahd, loved it as a player. Um, and my GM actually for that one he was new, but he's got a lot of improv experience, so I think that yeah. really helped him through it. It is just like a rewrite of like an old D and D adventure. Yeah. So you can't really give Wizards full credit on that one. <laughs> Same with like. A lot of the stuff that's in um, Tales of the Yawning Portal. Yeah, those are all old. Reboots. Those are all old, but I actually like a lot of them. And I think it's, I don't know what's, I don't want to dog on wizards, but they're writing, <laughs> they're writing, when they write new stuff, it's pretty lacking unless it's the first adventure of Candlekeep Mysteries and it's really, really good. And the Essentials Kit, I hear, is really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it you know, it, they're probably just trying to find a tone to write for, because, you know, they're, they're trying to go, it's Hasbro, right? It's so Hasbro. they have, they're they, trying they to have go broad. To go, yeah, they're trying to go super broad. Uh, I got to be super nice because, you know, maybe Wizards can sponsor us at some point. No, I'll, I'll take a sponsor. I will. <laughs> yeah, Wizards is the greatest Wizards company the ever. Greatest. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> I, I mean, I play. I also play Magic the Gathering sometimes. So, I mean, like, you know, if you want me to switch gears, send me some packs. <laughs> I would uh, say, we're, yeah, we're, we're right here. We're, we're, what, maybe an hour away from, from Wizards HQ? Yeah. And that's what you know, hour. I'll, on, I'll, on I'll walk there. If you have free stuff for me, I'll, I'll walk over there, you know. I'll, I'll, take, I'll, take, a, I'll take a book and a hat. Or, say go check out know. Redmond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually, I've actually, uh. They're in an office building uh-huh. uh, in, in, in a corporate park. And I've actually been not in their building, but the adjacent building. Okay. I had to go there for, I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. I had to go there for, for a thing back when I was younger. And yeah. I remember seeing Wizards of the Coast because I was a huge uh, Pokemon fan. And they had. Uh, uh, Did Wizards like. It was Pokemon, isn't it? I don't think they do. But I feel like. A different maybe, maybe it was when I was in Yu-Gi-Oh! Phase. You know, because uh, Konami does Yu-Gi-Oh! I, I mean, I, I could, I could, I mean, I don't know. I, I got into magic in like high school and then I got out of it. And like when I turned 20, but, uh, I, I mean, I could see them publishing it cause they already had like printers and stuff, like a whole like network already to make that stuff. I'm pretty sure I'd be surprised if wizards had their hand in that. Cause that'd be a lot of money. See, when I was a kid, I, I, I knew about, they could have been doing like a thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, this is why, mm-hmm. cause I'm old. Uh, Wizards of the Coast made Pokemon cards from 98 to 2003. Okay, wild. Yeah, yeah. So so that's what I'm saying. So I remember, because I, I remember seeing Wizards of the Coast, yeah, just yeah. like, Pokemon! And so I actually went, they have a little, they used to have uh, a little store downstairs. Yeah, yeah. And so I actually went into their their little Wizards store. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and I bought uh, a booster pack. Just, you okay, know. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I think I was there for like an event with my mom or something like that. But yeah, I, like, I was like, I knew Wizards did did something Pokemon. Yeah. And so, yeah, it looks like they did it from uh, 98 to 2003 and then it switched to uh, creatures doing their own thing. Huh. Interesting. I'm, I'm wondering. That's, 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 that's interesting. That's really cool. Yep. See, that's, that, that's, that's where the, the old man thing comes <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Um, Yeah. I've never seen their, 
their office or anything like that. It's really the most boring. I bet. I bet. It, I mean, I saw building. the Nintendo building. I went. I went to the Nintendo building because my Wii was having some issue. I don't know what was wrong with it. It was a Wii. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like my Wii. I got so I got. I was one of the people. I waited outside outside at like six a.m. Oh, really like five thirty a.m. Yeah, yeah. to midnight to get my hands on a Wii day one. And that's so like that. At one point, that Wii had a problem. We had to bring it in. They gave us a refurbished one after checking it. I remember it was like a cool, they had a cool little store in there, but the building on the outside, boring. It was, yeah, it's, it's a, that it, white building, right? That's it's like, it's just like a white generic, yeah. like corporate building. Yeah, at least, see, at least that one even has like a color. This, the one, the, the wizard is just the all glass. Oh, okay. Like they don't even have like a building color because it's just all okay. glass. It's, it's, it's super Redmond. It's very Redmond. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, and it's in the middle of like 10 other yeah. just glass buildings. Okay. That, super generic. So uh, yeah, actually, I think Nintendo used to have one of those buildings probably well. uh it wasn't their main site it was yeah it was, but it's all it's all right it's all down the same same yeah. area down there you know around microsoft and all that so but yeah wizards if you're listening Dude, uh, we'll, we will sponsor <laughs> we'll sponsor you so hard um and uh, even dnd beyond hey we'll we'll you know you got a cool tool there i like your tool um i say we're not pandering at all or nothing like that <laughs> <laughs> um i also say because like wizards i, I, I guess this is all power put it Wizards, when they write an adventure, generally doesn't turn out great. At least it's, it doesn't it doesn't run easy for a play. I feel like as a GM, it's it doesn't just run easy. But I really do enjoy a lot of their like additional content, like when they add new races yeah. or like even like settings books are good. Like the Eberron settings book is great. I wish you would make an adventure for the Eberron settings yeah, yeah, book. Yeah. Isn't there a small one in there? I thought There's there was a like small one in like there. A half, it, like- it's to, from level one to two. Same with Ravnica. They have a level one, two adventure. Yeah. And I think there's like a one you can like find online as well. But they don't, all their, all their, this is another, this is another tangent rant. <laughs> all of their modules take place in the Sword Coast or Faerun at least. Yeah. And they give you all these cool settings books and they give you maybe like a little like taste, but they never give you like a full on like, here's the Eberron adventure to run with your, uh, you know, Eberron settings book. They might give you like a this this story also works in Eberron if you want to do some work. But yeah, no, I know a lot of people were really upset that because uh, when Fizzbins came out, yeah, they were really excited because they thought they were bringing back uh, with Dragonlance. Mm-hmm. Uh, people because like I used to read some of those Dragonlance books when I was a kid. Yeah, no, I was not a kid, but I remember, uh, when I was a little, uh, in middle school, high school, I read some of the Dragonlance. But I, I yeah. love those, and because uh, uh, they had a series of because I think you know. Uh, um, Forgotten Realms has them as well. Yeah, but I know that's that's a pretty common complaint that they're keeping all within Forgotten Realms as opposed to. I think I feel like with Dragonlance they could be like hesitant because of just like the caliber of like the respect for the content, or yeah. just like, you know, yeah. Because was was Dragonlance the one that uh, Gary Gygax, the actual saying Gary Gygax made? Well, that, that's I, that's my theory is that because they're trying to separate themselves more from Gary Gygax, and, yeah, and his, his his sons and stuff like that. I think. I think that's why, but yeah, I think it's still more. I don't know if they did it specifically because they they left a while. Like, like, yeah, uh, Gary Gygax actually was out of the. He was he, Wizards. I think was I think D and D was sold off to Wizards in like ninety like eight or nine or something, yeah. something like that. Yeah, it was uh, actually Devi Chappie has a really good, quick. It's like twenty five minute episode, yeah. but it's, it's a really nice breakdown of of like the history. Yeah, and he goes into a really good and and uh, and yeah, I'm trying to remember. It was something like that. It, it's. They've had it for a minute. Yeah. Um before because I don't think they used to be owned by 
by Hasbro either. I think no. Hasbro didn't buy them until like Wizards bought or Hasbro bought Wizards like later. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so yeah. It was it was <clears throat> just them for a while and yeah. I think I think they tried to work with him a little bit mm-hmm. and then he got really difficult and then he made they made uh, what TCR or whatever and now they're going through well, that whole thing. Well, TSR has been TSR. There you go. TSR has been. I mean, that was always his company, but. TSR like went bankrupt or went away or something. I don't know. I'm not looking it up. Yeah, they didn't, uh, they didn't do anything. Yeah, but they went away. And then recently, relatively recently, two companies came up called TCR or TSR. TSR. One is owned or whatever by Gary Gyax's son, and the other one's somebody else. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't remember. Yeah, I but think- uh, they're they're having just like their own like weird thing thing. Yeah, well, yeah, I know people aren't happy with with Ernie Gygax, and then I think the other one is tied to that that chick that was like running after Gary Gygax. She yeah. was running uh, Dungeon D and D, but then yeah, it was it, it, it's, no it's, it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, complicated. But um, yeah, anyway, I, I just yeah, I don't think they touched Dragonlance because not maybe necessarily because of like Gygax's son, but because there could be a lot of pressure on like doing that book right. Yeah. And so I imagine they probably are just like, you know, we'll leave it. And technically, if you wanted to run Dragonlance, you can go to an older edition of D&D and then modify it. Do it yourself. I'm sure, I'm sure for the most part, like all the creatures are really just already available. You would just use the old books for like the places. But Yeah. Well, I know I know like that Fizzbens did bring back like gem dragons and yeah, stuff gem like dragons. that. Gem dragons are, they're neat, kind of goofy, but I guess yeah. it's fair because they're not, they're like from like, the Feywild usually or whatever I was reading. They, yeah. they, they don't seem like they, yeah, they don't chill on the material plane. No, I, but yeah, I, I generally like wizards, like and I'll call it expansion content settings, books and like, you know, weapons or not weapons, classes and races and all that. Not a fan of them kind of like boiling the races down into being like a, just pick your stats kind of thing. Yeah. I, I like the, I like the challenge of being like, I want to be an orc wizard, but I have to, struggle with the fact that the gnome wizard will always be a better starter yeah but um yeah no no i, I agree i see i i can see both sides because yeah. you lose when you make it so everyone can be anything yeah it's nice in, in, in the respect that like you can play what you want yeah. you know if, if you want to play an orc wizard yeah. you can play an orc wizard and and still be effective but be a be but, a goblin uh Barbarian. Yeah. Well, it's, I, 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 I like the short races. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I like, you know, uh, oh, I played the gnome barbarian. Yeah. I'm playing a, a, a kobold uh, paladin in the game. Was I'm he, no, he was a gnome. He was a halfling. Halfling. He was a halfling who wanted to be a gnome, right? No, he's no, a no, halfling no. that wanted to be a dwarf. Was it? No, he was a gnome that wanted to be a dwarf. I'm pretty sure halfling. Because no, because I think I would have had a weird interaction because my guy was a. Uh, no, he was a Spurf Nebulin. He was a deep gnome. Yeah. Because okay, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you had him paint his skin and his hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, really he dyed weird. his hair. He yeah, dyed yeah. his hair like okay, yeah, yeah. Right. He, he, he was deep, no. Yeah, because I was playing a halfling in that can, in that campaign, and I think he would have had like a way different interaction with you <laughs> if you were you were a halfling trying to be a dwarf. Yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, um, was, but yeah, that's I like I like doing the the short races to do. Yeah, yeah. To do, and I like them being so like the kobold is a little uh, the kobold is better since they because the original rules yeah. that, that wizards wrote for kobolds was like, garbage. They gave him they gave him like a two to. Dex and like a minus one to like strength or something. Yeah, see, remember. yeah, they them and orcs, I believe, were the only ones that had negative. Modifiers. It was all the monsters. It was like all the monstrous races in that one book, and then they got rid of the negatives. But I kind of wish they would have like added something else to yeah. like you got rid of the negative, 
So, and here's also a thing to make them a little better. Cause I, yeah. well, they still have a negative. They still technically have the uh, light sensitivity, which I feel like I, I, yeah, when I run it, I, I just take that out because I think it's lame, yeah. especially, you know, it's like, I, and I kind of get it. Like if you live your whole life underground and come out, cause yeah. it's, it's well, so even like, even dr- not dr- is drow, drow, yeah, drow, yeah, 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 dark, even, that, that's even drow yeah. have a light, like some light sensitivity. Light sensitivity. Honestly, I'm probably gonna if I'm running a game, I'm probably gonna forget. Yeah, <laughs> that my one of my players has sunlight sensitivity. But yeah. yeah. See, I I just don't bother with it because figure most of the time now sometimes they don't, but but most of the time if you have an adventure that yeah. is a drow or or deep gnome or something like that, they've been on the surface for a while. Yeah. Like because they still are that that race or whatever is fine, but like you know my kobold, he he didn't grow up underground. Yeah. You know he grew up in a monastery and did this whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Yeah. His eyes might have adjusted. Well, it would have adjusted. You know, he, yeah. he's, he's lived his whole life over out of the out of the ground, so there's, he wouldn't still have light sensitivity. Yeah, so it he's, really... he's learned how to squint. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he just yeah he just didn't need to, to do that. And even then, like yeah. you know, kobolds they cause enough trouble out of you know out of the ground that you feel yeah. like they shouldn't have sunlight sensitivity. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, and then, plus especially because it's only two races that have a negative for being that race. Yeah. And that feels kind of wrong because they don't have enough benefits to make it. if they had enough benefits yeah that you had to do that trade-off mm-hmm. that'd be one thing 3.5 had that a lot 3.5 was very much like you have negatives but you have these positives to balance it usually balance it yeah out. yeah that's usually the thing too yeah, if you're gonna take a negative like you really want like a good positive something that's gonna make you go well shoot i'm kind of dumb but you know i'm i'm so beefy i don't really care <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah so uh, yeah, so like I said, that one, I do see, I do kind of see both sides. I, uh, I personally think I like having it, but I, again, that's, that's more just like, I like being able to choose what I want. Yeah. But I also, I, I also have like no problem. I know a lot of people have, have homebrewed their own rules yeah, yeah. to make it, to give them more and less. And, and so I, I totally, totally get that type of playing. And I, I actually wouldn't even mind doing that either. Yeah. So then that you said 3.5 was kind of like that. And, um. But again, that's mainly because I just like playing short races and making them do big race things. Yeah. Oh, and then like <laughs> fifth edition is really fair actually for short races doing big race things. Like even like they don't. I think they have some rules on like carrying stuff, but like yeah. other than and nobody nobody does. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, don't know I anybody even... who keeps track of like weight unless like obviously you're you're like I'm gonna pick up the big statue and it's like all right no, but yeah. they're pretty fair to the small races because I, I like playing small races too. Yeah. Um. My favorite character, I think, is still my cheese wizard. So, you know. Phineas. Phineas 3, Wigmore. I feel, I it, I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, um, <clears throat> see, I, I actually do keep uh, that in mind, but yeah. not, I'm not like. I just, it was, it was basically like, I just didn't like that. Like, it was basically, you could choose all the stats. Because I, yeah. I, I do like just the, you're, well, you're, you're, you know, you're a halfling. And halfling is lucky. Luck is, lucky is really good. Yeah. But like, you know, you're a halfling. So like, yeah, you might be just. Bit agile or charismatic. I don't remember what their stats are anymore. Yeah, they're they're hobbits. So but yeah, yeah they're they're, they're, hobbits. they have the the charisma. And I think yeah. I think they have one in decks. I, I think they get they one in decks, and then they get, I think they get charisma or like constitution, depending on like the sub race you choose or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think the uh, the uh, yeah because there's two halflings and the the ones that are even closer to the Shire hobbits. They're yeah. the ones that are, they have the better, if I recall, the better. Yeah. I, I'm pretty, you know, I think for, for my games, I'm pretty flexible on my players being able to basically, unless, I mean, I guess I'm running a module where the setting is like Faerun. Most of my homebrew games, I'm like, yeah, you can play whatever race you want. 
if it's a really weird one, run it by me. You can do whatever class you want, unless it's like maybe I'll pick like one or two that I'm like these are. But yeah. like I can't remember me doing that. I think it was basically like you can do whatever race you want, except like a one T. I don't want you playing a one T. Yeah, but like you can do whatever you want. Run it by me. I'll tell you if it's really like not fitting. I mean, I've let players play shifters in like my games, and I just describe them as basically like cursed people, like like pseudo yeah. werewolves, because it's essentially what they are. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just that's that's the one thing. It's like I'll let players do so much stuff, except I won't let them yeah. have these really custom stats if they want to, you know, they, they can be whatever race they want. Just that's yeah. one thing I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah, and, and you have to make it make sense too. Like, yeah. you know, if if you're in a setting that's uh very human heavy yeah. and you have a monstrous group, yeah. I want you to be able to do that. Now I'll make I'm gonna make it work. I'm not gonna do the annoying like they all hate you and, and No, yeah, hate, you don't do that. But but they're also gonna all have to deal with challenges of of being You like, have them be a little bit like you give them you give your players pushback, but you don't have them walk into town that have somebody go, Oh, ugly, scary, kill, yeah. kill, kill, I'm not yeah. gonna serve you. Like shame. You can, you can be like, yeah, you noticed that uh, you got charged an extra like silver piece for your for your meal. Like, yeah, you're like, what's the you know? I mean, personally, I don't want to make my players feel unless they are really, really like, no, I'm doing the monster because I want to have this challenge. Like, I don't want to make my players feel like I'm picking on them. Yeah, because that's that's uh, the game I'm playing in now. Is, uh, he's doing a really good job with that mm-hmm. with uh, with me in particular, but even my whole my whole party. So we're in uh, a, a magic setting. And yeah. that, that's what I was trying to get the name of. Um, okay, so we get in the name of that. I'm going to say my my shifter player, like I always make it so people are like, they're uncomfortable around him. He's a very hairy man with big scary teeth. It's like, yeah, uh, what do you, what would you like? All right, cool, here you go. Are you, is that it? You want to, you know, like they're, they're just like, they're nervous generally because he's this strange anomaly kind of making their way around. But yeah, I don't know. You want to make sure your players, I guess, I guess it's another tangent, yeah. D and D make fair fun, I suppose. Like, or at least you know, if you're gonna make something hard for your player, clue them in before they start. Like, yeah, yo, know, you you really want to play the the one T in in Waterdeep? You yeah. know, are are you sure? Are you sure people are gonna look at you <laughs> and be like, ah, oh, yeah, no, nah, it's fine. Like, no, they're gonna look at you and be like scary snake person like <laughs> yeah well yeah and uh, actually I, ha- I had that uh i had that exact thing i had one guy that wanted to do oh i think he was either a one i think it was a wanty yeah because wanty uh, you're actually really strong i think yeah i think that's like, the yeah he, he's, if you were to uh, like if you were to like make a class like a tier list of like D races to play i think wanty usually rank near the top because yeah, yeah yeah you can you can get pretty broken with them yeah. and, and so that's what i told him like because like you know water deep is one of those like it has a lot of races so you yeah. can get away with pretty much anything but yeah, I'm like one T. I'm like you're gonna have to fight some. I mean, there, you could do it. I don't want yeah. you to not do it if you really want to. Because as far as I'm aware, for at least Faerun, they're only like really exclusively a part of the um, the Southern Islands, or whatever, like way further south, like Cholt, not Cholt, um, wherever uh, Tomb of Horrors or whatever takes place. Yeah, um, it's kind of like that's the only place where they're really at. So them being anywhere else is like, what are you? <laughs> what, what are you? What are you even doing here? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But so my DM going back to what we were saying before with, with uh, the setting, uh, I have my DM is doing a really good job. So I am a uh, a kobold, and we're in Innistrad. Yeah. In in magic, so they've yeah. never seen, uh, they've never seen a kobold before. Yeah. But they've seen a ton of demons because that's the whole thing. Setting yeah, is like yeah, angels yeah. and demons and stuff. So they've done a really good job. So my my kobold's very kind. 
Yeah. He, he's he's a bit he's chaotic good. So he's kind of like he doesn't always understand like norms and yeah. like how but he he's he's extremely he's, he's kind. going he's going to always he's trying to be good. Yeah. He's trying to do whatever he can to you know <clears throat> do the right thing despite not really getting the yeah. the people. Yeah. And so we were in this town that's being attacked and like he saved this kid. He tried to save this kid. Yeah. Um I was so mad because like I rolled really well. I like I did all this stuff to save him and he still freaking died at the end. Uh, like, he got taken away by the by the uh wing. Cause he, you know, the DM didn't expect me to actually try to do anything. Yeah. But you know, so I tried to do that and then I did all this work to try to save him. Didn't get to save him, but then I helped the woman, the mom, out of the building. And she just starts freaking out. She's like, oh, demon. And you know, she's crying because she lost her kid. Yeah. And, and so she runs away from me screaming demon and, and that kind of thing. But and so like I'm like, well, that kind of sucked. But <laughs> but you know, it made sense because this yeah. is this, you know, their this town has been nothing but attacked for for generations. And, yeah. and that that's their whole life is being attacked by demons. And you know, cobalt to them could look like a demon. Yeah. And so uh, but then later on, you know, her and her husband and the other kid that the husband had saved, you know, in a different part of town. Yeah. They came up to me and apologized and thanked me for trying, mm-hmm. you know, but it took him a second to warm up and see that I was like around town and doing things and, and helping. And so, you know, so like I said, yeah, I feel like he's balancing yeah. it really well where like new people are afraid of me, but they're willing to, you know, if I do do things yeah. for them, they're willing to get over that, but just not. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Back to um, you know, because this is this is obviously this is a podcast where we're giving advice from a new DM's perspective, <laughs> and we're not just going off on our own tangent here. Well, going off on our own tangent. Well, going off on our own tangent. <laughs> In a D and D game, you know, the GM's supposed to have fun, but the players are also supposed to have fun. Everyone's supposed to have a good time. So you just kind of want to make sure that's kind of going on. Like, yeah, occasionally, like there might be a game where somebody just didn't have fun, and you hope they'll talk to you about it. So yeah, your players, if they have a good time, they will. I mean, you know, ask your players at the end, but they will tell you that that was good. They'll tell you they had a good time, but they had a lot of fun. Um, I think players might be a little more hesitant to tell you they had a bad time, but yeah. But no, like if you ask for advice or like pointers or like criticism, just I think it's a good idea to ask for criticism. If you don't get any, probably means you're doing a good job. It probably means you're doing a good job, especially <laughs> if they've been stating like that was a lot of fun. I had a good time. Um, but then if you do get criticism, it's really good. Cause it's just something to like adjust off of. I think. Yeah. As yeah. for one, one caveat, just, just so people listening, we play mainly with people we know. Yeah. And so a lot of this, that goes to people that, you know, obviously I know there's a lot of games going on, on uh, like D and D beyond Roll mm-hmm. 20, that kind of thing. And so it's going to be, obviously you have strangers you don't know. It's yeah. going to be easier to, for them to just start, you know, you suck and that kind of thing. So yeah. it really, as a DM, you have to be able to take criticism. Yeah. That's, that's, I'd almost put that as like in your top three most important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, obviously, you want to be able to do other stuff, but a lot of other things you can learn. Yeah. If you're not a great actor, you can learn that. If you're not a great, uh, if you're not great at voices, you could either get around that or learn it. You don't you know, need to, and I've seen people, you know, talk about like, you don't need to be good at voices. Like, voices are yeah. fun. Voices are a lot of fun. I like doing voices at my table. But the more important thing is that you just get the tone across. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do a voice. You can do like some inflection, but like really it's like your players will get immersed if you're getting the tone across. Yeah. And just talking about, about tone. Yeah. It, it's, I feel like it's more important to get the physicality of a character as opposed to, yeah. you know, yeah, you don't have to get all these different accents, but like 
you know, if a big character is big, make him feel big, make yeah. him feel powerful. If he's, you know, if it's kind of small and kind of, you know, that that's I think that's more important than, yeah. than being able to do a voice. But but yeah, uh, uh, but specifically with with criticism, that's how you learn. That's how you get better. You know, uh, constructive criticism, obviously. Someone's yeah. just like you suck. Someone well, says that, then 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 don't listen. Yeah, yeah, screw that. Yeah, that. but yeah. but you know, if someone's like like I have I have business, I could play a whole campaign without a single combat. I could, yeah. like I, I I could you know and 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 have fun doing it. So uh, at one point I had had like three or four sessions. Now these sessions were shorter because you know people not showing up on time, so they're only like two and a half to three hours. Yeah. So to be to be fair, it's not like a, these huge gaming sessions. But I had a couple you know like these three four sessions without any combat. You know one of my players actually my brother he's just like yeah you know a little bit of combat would be nice. And then now. I'm always conscious of it. Like you know, I'm, yeah. I might have a session without combat, but I try I think, to do something. Yeah, I think a good rule of thumb is like you don't want your players to be going like back to. I mean, some players might like it, but you don't want every session to be back to back to back combat, especially in like certain systems. Combat can take a while. Like I, you know, I've had plenty of games where it's like half the session or even most of the sessions combat because the combat's big or we're takes all just well, yeah, yeah. I think a good rule of thumb is like you know, for every like two sessions of combat, do at least one session of no combat or vice versa for every like two or three sessions of no combat get a combat in there like yeah. give room essentially you want to you want to give room you want to give things to breathe if it's combat all the time no one's breathing you know if it's if it's too much role playing for some people then like their lungs are full and it kind of hurts and they really want to use that cool ability they got because they got to level six and they're like please I just want to try my new thing. Yeah. You even gave me this cool axe last time we had combat <laughs> and I haven't gotten to use it. So you'll get it. You'll get, you know, as a GM, you'll get that instinctive like feeling like when it's needed, especially with random encounters. Like I don't roll generally for like, oh, I got a, I got a 19. That means there's a random encounter coming. Like I'm just like, I might roll if I'm really unsure, but like, I generally I just go, this feels like a good time for a, random encounter yeah. where I really like I had this idea of like having I don't know gnolls come out to to attack them on the road yeah. or something um, but too much combat is not good too much role playing depending on your players is not good so you want to like if there's a couple sessions without one or the other flip it squeeze something in there yeah yeah it's all about balance yeah that yeah. and that's kind of what I started doing I don't because I before I started DMing, I've, I had a lot of really bad experiences with with. I don't like random encounters. Like, random encounters as, as, as a rule. I, I like you said, the new DM I'm playing. I, I'm in his yeah. game. He does it pretty well, and so I don't mind him when he does it. But like before that, I had a lot of really bad experiences. I just yeah. pretty it, much it depends hated it. on how you use it. It's yeah. like if you if you're doing random encounters as is, so like your players are traveling, and every time they're traveling, you're rolling for random encounters. Like they're gonna eventually be like, oh, every time we leave town, we're fighting something. Sometimes you want to just give them like a peaceful trip, you know, move them along to the next location. Also, random encounters are really kind of bad for pacing. If you're if you're trying to get like a story across, you know, maybe you can give random encounters a little bit of a break so you can get them to where you want them to be to do the next thing. Yeah, yeah, and that, that that's kind of what I because in Waterdeep the whole thing takes place in Waterdeep. Yeah. There's there's one quest where you can go down to the Undercliff area. Yeah, but that's kind of what I did. Is it, basically after after I got that criticism. I uh, the next ma the next game I'm just like I wrote a couple of basically I wrote my own table of random encounters yeah and so I rolled but it was like I I set up myself yeah. my own like three or four situations and so it was gonna be they had one just pure combat it would have been a, a yeah. pure combat one like a potential combat yeah and then uh, the one that actually ended up happening it was 
uh, they were they got their stuff stolen. Yeah, and so it was uh, it was a chase scene that could end in combat, but it was like I didn't really suggest it. But is that the one where you did the? the yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. <laughs> my guy, he goes. I'm sitting there like, okay, they're gonna capture them and then question them and try to get their money back. No, he goes and just slits the throat. It's like really right extreme. Off the bat. <laughs> I know. I would have talked to him after that, but you know, yeah. I don't know. No. <laughs> no, it, it, it it worked out, but it I had to come up with the whole like because there's a lot of guards Lost, there, yeah. and I rolled and there I rolled and there was a guard there. Uh, uh, so you know they had to, they had to they ended up having to pay for it and stuff like that. But uh, but that, that goes back to you don't know what your players are going to do because yeah, yeah. honestly, with my group, you know, again they're all guys I've known yeah. for at least shoot the 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 one I've known the least amount yeah is still 14, 15 years. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, yeah. I, I've known all these guys for a long time, so I never in a million years would have thought that they, that would, that yeah. would be the... But, you know, there, can, there may have been some drinking involved yeah. you know, before the game for some when, when <laughs> Depending on the player, yeah, when they drink, it can really cause things to go kind of haywire. There was... Because there's a, there's some good examples of players, do, you know, subverting your expectations that are really fun. Like, uh, in my first ever one-shot, one of the players there was a lot more experienced, but they went in to fight the bandits, the, the fighting actually was really bombastic. Like it was three level one players versus like a bandit. It was, it was really stacked against them. A bandit captain, two goblins, actually one goblin. Cause the other one was outside and they killed him. Um, Cause there's two guards outside. But anyway, there was bandit captain, a goblin and like five normal bandits. Yeah. So there's a big, huge combat happened. The combat ended with them sparing so they killed all the bandits they spared the bandit captain and one of the and the one goblin getting them down to like an inch of their life essentially and like i was really surprised by that like they brought the captain down to one hp somebody rolled a persuasion check essentially to say like let's stop fighting the players were also like an inch from death like all of them were <laughs> yeah. but I think, I think one of them was unconscious actually during this too yeah but um they had basically talked him down and he got a good enough check because you want to also play your enemies intelligently. You're not going to fight to the death over some treasure. Like yeah. you're a captain. You're going to like eventually be like, this is kind of not a good idea. So he got a good roll. And so with all the wounds the captain had, I had him like basically pass out because he had one HP out of his like whatever, how much health yeah. they get. And they tied him up and they interrogated him. And then, you know, they decided they're going to come back to this cave because there was this special dungeon there that had even better treasure in it. And they let the bandit captain go. They had a long talk with him and they sent him off to go basically like figure himself out instead yeah. of just like sending him to the guards. I was like really surprised and like it was great, especially after like some of the really brutal kills they got beforehand. Yeah. But it was it was really neat. And I actually was gonna bring that guy back to have him be running like an inn. Yeah. But uh that never got to happen. But then I guess on the opposite end, I had a player who was drinking when we were playing. And he, to, to, in, his, in his favor, he's only, like, drank too much during session twice in, like, the <laughs> year and a half we've been yeah. playing. So it's really good. We play once every two weeks for, like, four hours. He is a paladin with the oath of uh, redemption, I think. Not redemption. Yeah. I think it's, it's the one, base one, right? The, it's, the, um... it's the base one. It's the base one where you're basically the goodest paladin. I'll just say that. Oh, why am I not? It's not. It's a, not redemption. But it's not. It's not conquest. It's not because redemption's like the really, really like this. The Xanathar's one. Anyway, he's a so he's playing a dwarf paladin who basically has one of the uh, like the, the lawful good aligned oaths. Like you're the goodest of paladins. The goodest boy. Yeah, he was drinking during 
the session. So during their, uh, essentially, like, they snuck into this villa run by the, uh, these are Baldur's, Baldur's Gate spoilers, the Van Thumper family, Van Thamper. They're fighting the guards off after they got caught. The combat was closing down. I described him as breaking one of the guards' legs because he did such a large amount of damage to the guy and got the guy to one health or, like, two that I was like, yeah, you used your hammer and basically broke his leg. Like Shattered it, yeah. yeah. That's a fun thing to throw in occasionally. Your players, you can just describe that they do something extra to an enemy yeah. just for, like, effect. And also, it kind of just changes the mood. Anyway, so the guards are getting ready to, like, retreat because they're like, all right, this is not worth it. We've, we've lost too many men. One guard picks up the guy with the broken leg, like, under the shoulders to, like, drag him out of the room to safety. My drunk paladin, my drunk lawful good paladin, runs up to the guy, grabs him by the legs because he's pissed that they're trying to run and tries to yank him back. So it's like this horrifying image of just them playing tug of war with this man who has a broken leg. Mangled leg, yeah. yeah. Mangled leg. And the wizard ended up like casting sleep on the paladin, which, you know, put the situation to a halt. And, you know, it was like, holy crap, dude. Next day I come to find out he kind of blacked out during like the yeah. second half of combat. So he didn't remember it. And I had to tell him and he was just like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like De- Devotion, by the way. Is, it was is devotion. devotion. So he was, a, he was oath of devotion. The boy, yeah. Like if he was sober, I probably would have like that. I mean, I imply that his oath was damaged, but since he was drunk and this is also my first campaign, you know, I'm let it go. Yeah. Let it go. But yeah, it was, that was a, <laughs> that was another subvert my expectations, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, see, I, I don't so. You know, we're all, you know, in our 30s. And so, oh, you, you know, are. being able to handle. Oh, your group is. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my group. We're all in our 30s and they, so they can handle. So I, I, I don't generally mind them substancing a bit because they can handle it. And, and, you know, again, with him, he, he didn't go deep in. He just did like that one thing that was like, no, why did you? Yeah. Uh, uh, so it, was, it wasn't too bad. He didn't, you know, he didn't go like, like, like with that or yeah. like, you know, just destroy everything. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, yeah. but it was just like, ah, uh, he just, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you, you said something in there and I call it the rule of, of sometimes the kobold runs away. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I just say it, you know, the kobold runs away, but it, it's much more than that. Not every fight has to end in a death. Yeah. And, and not in the uh, Bioware you know, the good guy just lets everyone go type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, kobolds. Yeah. They're greedy. Yeah. They're selfish. They don't want to die. Yeah. You know, so when they start getting low life, make them run. Yeah. You know, make them, and if the players, the players can chase them and try to mm-hmm. kill them or not, but but make them run. Make, you know, the, these enemies have motivations too, and I think yeah. that's something that gets forgotten a lot of times. Is Yeah. They aren't uh, just kill machines. This isn't, uh, you're not playing World of Warcraft where yeah. you run up, click on the guy, and you're like, he's going to. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, they, they have, they have their own whole set of motivations. They have families. They have, you yeah. know, I like to, I like to mess with my players and if they're just like brutal, yeah. uh, like, uh, uh, in, in the intro, there's this little dungeon they go through yeah. and they didn't, they, they walked in and they didn't, there was a goblin guard and they didn't even give him a shot. And he walks up and one of my players, he's, he's a bit of a min maxer, yeah. not, not in an annoying way. He's, yeah. He does it like, he does it how you're supposed to. He just likes to have good combat. He one shot the he, he won't shut the hell. <laughs> the same thing guy. happened in my in yeah. my first session. Those two guards outside, uh, one of my players who was the he was a he was the same shifter player in another campaign. He was playing like the cat style one named Foam, and <laughs> that was the favorite. He hid in a bush. So when the two guards was a halfling and a goblin, um, I had my own reason for saying that the two short races yeah. outside the the captain didn't like short races. I was like, yeah, yeah. They were basically like, you know, what the hell are you guys doing here? And the players like with some charisma were like. 
we're lost. Where's the nearest <laughs> inn? And they're like, this is stupid. Get out of here. Like they're, they're basically angry and telling him to leave because they don't want to spur yeah. combat. They got a little closer and my, because he was a shifter rogue, he dived out of the bush, got a crit sneak attack on like the first guy just eviscerating yeah. him. And I let that count to be like a pre-combat thing because I'm learning. Yeah. But I think it was fair to have him get like one free strike in before combat. It was a surprise. So yeah. It was a surprise. And then like, as soon as combat starts, he has the highest initiative and he just immediately does the same to the next guy and just like wipes them both out. It's just like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, where I was going with that one was, was yeah. you know, he comes in and he he does the one shot, one shots this guy. Yeah. And they so they go search the body. And on the body, he's got- A picture uh, it, of his family. He did. It was, it, was a, it was a letter. It was a letter from uh, the wife. He's like, uh, uh, hey, just want to write you a note near lunch that, you know, how much we love you. And, you you know, uh, me and your son just love you so much. And we're going to we'd love to see you tonight. Yeah. You know, I wish I wish you were home now. But, you know, tomorrow on our anniversary, we're going to have a great day. Oh, my God. You just went hard <laughs> on them. And so, yeah, so they just, like, they, they picked up this doctor. Just, they didn't give much. They just, because uh, I was going to have this guy, like, if they started combat with him, yeah. he, he was, he was going to just, like, Kind of half-hearted attack, but then just yeah. like, he was going to bounce out. He's like, same, same with these two guards. Uh, yeah. I had them actually muttering. They were frustrated because they know that the bandit leader doesn't like him because of their stature. Yeah. And so I was going to make that as an opportunity for the players to be like, hey, tell us what's in there. You know, here's a little bit of money or whatever. You know, you guys go go off, do whatever, and leave us to our business. But instead, they lured him in and just like. <laughs> just Yeah, just that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, um, yeah, exactly. I, I, and that's, you know, where, you know, personal bias and your game style comes into play. Cause yeah. I, I said, for me, combat is fine. Combat's fine. It's not my, I don't care for combat that much. I, I, one thing, combat can be really fun, especially if you have time to be descriptive. Low level combat actually really, since there's so many, there's so few abilities, uh, warrants a lot of time to be descriptive. Depending on your player group is kind of how you want to describe things. Yeah. I was describing things, I think this is something I kind of picked up from my, you know, the GM that I've been playing games with for a long time. My descriptions were like really brutal. Like I was going really <laughs> brutal. And I was like, they were like, oh my God. I'm like, sorry, do you want me to tone it back? And they're like, no, like keep going. So I went like really hard. Like one of the players fought the other goblin, hit him with a mace. I described how he broke the goblin's nose. Yeah. And like the goblin ran away after that. But it was just like, I kept describing just like, these just horrible sounds and like crunching Crunches, and yeah, like yeah. cracks and like blood and like um and like one funny one where the goblin when they talked to him later the one that they broke the nose of talked about he had like a whistle in his yeah. nose because he couldn't breathe right but i, I kind of went on a tangent because <laughs> yeah that was just one thing i haven't done in a while is like these really be descriptive in combat if you can because yeah. it can really make the scene it can make combat more fun um ask your players how they hit the enemy like yeah people say how'd you kill him like occasionally be like you know if your players roll and they roll their damage like how do you hit them yeah and they'll describe how they do that and they obviously say like i stab him in the throat but it's not killing blow you say oh he moves out of the way a bit and you slice him in the neck a bit but like have them describe how they hit sometimes especially in low level play because it heightens things and then you can you add to it yeah you know they give you they give you the prompt essentially of like ooh, i go for a sweep of the leg and then you give them like the the rest yeah yeah so i, I have my players describe how they hit yeah. Um. And then, then I, I'll give them the result. But yeah, I, I'll, you know, like, cause then, then that's what, that's what I, you know, I had a, uh, on my kobold, I had a, uh, I run up and I jump off this, yeah. this cart, and then so he actually, then he had me roll an acrobatics, and, and I do that to my players sometimes too. Yeah. And and to play those by ear, 
I'll let you keep going on that story because yeah. I know. No, no, no. Yeah, no. It's just, it's just, it, it's good because it gets, it gives people that chance to kind of get into it, and then yeah. just, and some people don't, and then, and then you can kind of see like some people just don't like that kind of thing. Yeah. So you know they're like, yeah, I use shillelagh and it, I do the thing. I'm like, okay, cool. That that's what you yeah. like. That's your thing. Cool. We'll just kind of move past it, and I'll give you, I'll give you an answer like, yeah. oh, I hit him in the brambles, and and but. You know, it, it there's it's it, like anything else. There's a balance. Like my yeah. one problem that I have is since you're talking about timing. Yeah. Out of combat, I get too descriptive. Yeah. You know, I, I I tend to linger and spend a lot of time describing things that just don't matter. Yeah. And then I realize it's throwing off my players because they're thinking it's something important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, I have to focus on this. I'm like, no, I was just kind of giving you a good image. Yeah. A little uh, a little sneak peek into the um into the the video I'm currently working on. I'm scripting out right now. As I've run the intro adventure, intro adventure to uh, Morkborg twice now, unlike Fifth Edition, there's a lot of things about the way they wrote the dungeon that I really like. But unlike Fifth Edition, the descriptions are very short and to the point. So as a GM, I take that and I just expand it a little bit, but it kind of keeps things yeah. flowing. The players get a total feel for the room and for what's in there, and we can just kind of get to them role playing. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it can be hard. Sometimes you want to really describe something. Or sometimes you, you you like a detail that's not really that important. And then your players are like, man, I really wanted them to go to the the cool uh, painting. But they ended up, you know, fixated on the on the, the candelabra because yeah. I described it had like these uh, nice engravings on it and was like an odd number of candles or, you know, like had like four candles and like one was at the top instead of all of them on the sides i don't know yeah but yeah it's learning when to to give that extra description to draw the eye you want to try to draw the eye which it's a hard thing to do yeah yeah because yeah that's you know that's why i just like that that uh yeah he walks in and he's a grizzly veteran yeah he's a throwaway character it doesn't matter but but you know i like to i like to you know kind of yeah. set him up as as that that type of thing so so I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. It's been, I think it's been, we've, been, we've been going for a while yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a lot of advice in here. Uh, but, yeah. So let, let's um, recap a little bit. Let's actually, I wanted to, before we recap a little bit, can I hear the rest of the, because you you talked about the um, the love letter and your players, <laughs> and I kind of jumped in on, like, because, you know, yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. but I really actually want to hear, like, so how did your players deal with that after <laughs> their hearts were probably broken? I know, yeah, because I, 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 went, I went real hard with that one, and then they're just like, oh, Maybe we shouldn't. And then, <laughs> but then they, they end up doing a couple more. Then they go into the next fight, which is like a mini boss, and he, he charges them. Yeah. And then he gets to the other guard. So they, there's these two guards. He was, I made him the brother. Yeah. Of the, of the first guy. Mm -hmm. And they, they did the same, you know, just because they were so hyped up from the last battle, they came in and did the same thing to him. Yeah. And just obliterated him. And so, cause like they hit him once and yeah. then he tried to run away. But then the second guy hit him. Uh huh. And just, you know, obliterated him. I'm just like, and so I left another, uh, I left him, I left a little picture. Picture of his, from his daughter drawn in crayon or something. Exa yeah, it, 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 that's exactly what it was. It <laughs> oh was, my God. It was a drawn picture with, you know, mommy, daddy, you know, her, and then, yeah. and then like a dog or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was that drawn picture. And they just said, I love you, daddy. <laughs> and so, I, you got to add the extra line. It says like, I wish you were home more often. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, I did that in the first one. I, that, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, in the letter, it said, you know, I wish you were home more. And, uh -huh. and so, but you, I know you're trying to do this so you can save money so we can leave town. <laughs> oh my and God. so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I went kind of, kind of hard with that one. And then, uh, 
after after those back to backs, they've been a little bit more hesitant. Yeah. Just because they're like, and every so often they'll bring it back up. They're like, oh, did we did we kill him and yeah. his family now too? <laughs> sometimes it, I mean, it, it did work. You want to set like a, a tone for a game or like an expectation. Sometimes players want to just get in and like, I want to get in. I want to get XP. Well, I don't use XP, but they, I want to yeah. get in. I want to level. I want to smash some faces. And sometimes you want to provide that for your players. You want to give them the face smashing opportunity. You throw the the undead or skeletons or just some like weird no life caring bandits at them. Yeah. But you also for certain games, yeah, you want to set the expectation of like, no, you're fighting real people with real lives. Um, I mean, you can go and murder, you know, not murder because you're fighting yourself, yeah. you're defending yourself, you're doing a thing, but you can go brutally kill them all you want. But are you going to be happy about doing that? Yeah. Yeah. In session zero, I set the expectation with my players. I'm like, look, I, we, you know, if you want to go in and just, just, you know, fight everything that that's on you. But I'm like, I like, and I, I, I tend to reward creativity Yeah, because you know, like everyone oh, going yeah. and just start smashing people. Reward out. creativity. If you're playing fifth edition, use inspiration. If you're playing Pathfinder, you know, use hero points. Um, my GM, I think even made up like uh, infamy points. So if your players yeah. are kind of, they're really creative, but they did like a bad thing. You can give them basically a hero point anyway. Yeah. And there's a renown that you can pass yeah. out for, for. Yeah. Give your players, if they're doing really good role play, remember to give them stuff like inspiration. Traditionally in fifth edition, inspiration is just like an advantage role. I will provide that is, it can be an advantage role, like a re-roll. Or if they really want to, they can petition me for like a thing they want to do. And then I'll be like, sure, you, you can spend your inspiration yeah, yeah. to do this, you know, extra normal thing to, you know, so it, it makes your players feel really like rewarded when they try hard. And then, you know, they reward them. They try hard more often and it just kind of makes things more. So, yeah, more fun. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, that's the biggest thing, because when you reward creativity, it it breeds more creativity yeah. to try and, and do that. So, yeah, I, I like and I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of giving out temp bonuses yeah yeah so you know uh, uh temporary bonus to charisma temporary or, or even just like you know i had a, a turtle that had this hat that he was really proud of mm -hmm. he got plus two you know plus two to charisma when he had this hat because he's so <laughs> caught you know he's like yeah, yeah. good in this hat you know and it's not you know it's not game breaking he's he's a barbarian he's not gonna he's not he's not going around uh making deals wheeling and dealing he's yeah. like i smash face but occasionally put this hat on I and maybe good. i get a discount <laughs> like yeah. well yeah, yeah and then like he he went and made a custom suit yeah and the tailor was so proud of it he had him come back in <laughs> to model for a painting oh my god of that suit you so know how does a turtle look in a suit fantastic is it is it like a so it covered his his, his, his shell, shell yeah but then they did an embroidery of a shell on the back of it <laughs> it was it was fantastic yeah, he had a big big fancy hat and and you know he looked good he looked yeah, he, had, yeah. he had ruffles in yeah, different yeah. places and and so, yeah, I think it was a like black and gold suit. He was he was pretty styling. That's great. Uh, but yeah, so I actually am going to wrap it up this time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got the that, <laughs> I wanted to hear how that how yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the 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 sad family notes went. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was it was a good way, and, and that's again that's it's humanizing. Not yeah. too much, you know, because that's the thing too. Like in media, everyone's like, oh, every bad guy is yeah. actually a good guy, and so you know sometimes I mean, yeah. you can have just a bad dude. But I think I think it's more fun. Depends on what your players want. If your players want like beers and chips, give them the bad guy who's like, I am evil and I'm here to take over the world because yeah. I'm evil and I'm here to take over the world. But if your players are more into like, or or you yourself really want to give them like a storyline, like, yeah, you can make the bad guy 
either somewhat redeemable or at least give them like a good motivation on why they yeah they flip. yeah i think i think uh, i was watching this thing the the key to a good bad guy mm-hmm. is you can see his you may not agree with yeah. his motivations but you can understand you can understand them. yeah and and so yeah you have to make it so you know that idea of the joker like one bad day kind yeah. of thing where you know maybe you're not joker but like i get it you know there i can see this progression to get not again not with the joker specifically but yeah. you know with different characters but uh, oh yeah, so, so let's go ahead and recap. Let's just, just recap some of these these top points. Number one, if you're a new GM, do not run Baldur's Gate to send to Avernus for your players <laughs> as your first adventure. You will be as unhappy written. as as written. But really, even with rewrites, like you're gonna, it's gonna be a lot of work yeah. for your first campaign. I mean, it's exciting. You have a lot of fun. You're invested. You might not want to have to put that much work into something. Yeah. Right, uh, first real point. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be able to take criticism. That's yeah, that's criticism. to me one of the biggest things. That, again. Wolf said, and then I, you know, I, I, every, after every single, mm-hmm. uh, I say, okay, we're going to call it for today. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I appreciate it. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, you know, every, yeah, time exactly. I do that. So, uh, and I, do th- I do the same thing, especially if I feel like the session, like, you know, cause sometimes you can, you can obviously tell somebody's not having a great time. Yeah. I make sure to ask, especially on those sessions, so I can get some feedback. Sometimes they'll just say, no, sorry, I had a bad day, and that's why. Or sometimes yeah. they actually do have like a thing that's like on their nerves. Like in one game, I have a that Baldur's Gate. Oh yeah, if you play Baldur's Gate Cinderverse, don't let don't just don't have a wizard. <laughs> it, it's it's they're not gonna have as much fun because all devils have magic resistance, and it makes it's being a, a wizard day. very hard. Yeah, cool. So uh, yeah. take criticism. Yeah, and, and then just just maybe some smaller points. Don't stress. That's a big. Yeah, thing. don't stress. Don't stress. You know, uh, when you're prepping, do do your prep. Do what you yeah. need to. But you're there to have fun, and you you'll do better if you're more loose. Yeah, uh, don't worry about stuff like voices. You yeah. know, worry about more the physicality of a voice. Physicality. As to, yeah. Well, yeah. Even if every voice you do is your normal voice, but you, you know, kind of make yourself big. I talk like this now. Yeah. Kind of kind of make yourself small. You don't have to have an accent. You don't have to do. You know, you don't have to do all that yeah. that that fancy stuff. You know, uh, uh, making sure your villain's relatable. You know, making sure it gives some humanity to, or they're fun, just fun. Yeah, yeah. Make give give some give. Realize that your enemies are people. Yeah, make and and, and or you know creatures, but give them their own motivations. Yeah. Don't just don't just make them blank killbots. It's not it's not a video game. Yeah, yeah. well that's that's the great part is yeah. you know you can expand. You, you can, can expand. You can D and D. You can do whatever your imagination set out to. If you want all of your uh, bandits to have a uh, a wife or husband and a child, like sure, <laughs> go for it. Or you know. Flesh things out how you want that a game wouldn't let you do. Exactly. Which is a lot of fun. Yeah, I think interesting interesting or at least fun villain. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and just, again, have fun with it. Make sure you're having fun with it. Um, you know, as far as rules and stuff go, really in that session zero, that's where you lay down how you yeah. play it. I, you know, I like to go RP heavy. Other people like to go uh, dungeon crawling. My group that, goes RP heavy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so that's really what, you know, yeah. making sure you, you have that session zero. Make sure you... Yeah. You get into it, and then you really set the standard for how it is going forward. Because you know, if you come in and and everyone's just you just like, okay, let's go play D and D, and then like yeah. half the group is expecting hardcore crunch, and and they optimize, yeah. and then the other half is expecting one combat every month, and then everything's yeah. just all RP and stuff from there. You know, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah. You know, set the expectations, and then you know, stick to those expectations. Yeah. Don't don't tell them it's gonna be RP heavy, and then yeah. you start off in a dungeon crawl, and everything's dying. Exactly. Start with one shots. If you're looking to get into GMing or DMing or however you like to call it, mastering, if you're going to get into MMing, start with one shots. You can run some pre made ones. 
uh, making your own is always great. So you just have like, you can work on that like creativity, but they're low stakes for your players because your players are making new characters just for that. Maybe they've used them in another one shot you made, but there isn't this big overarching story that you need to worry about. You're worried about, did they stop the bandits? Did they find the treasure? Did they, did they escape the building that yeah. they were locked in? You know, the, did they, did they do the one thing? Not, did yeah. they save the world? Did they stop the guy who was going to, destroy a whole town like i mean you could, yeah. i guess you could do that one too did this but. guy escape and come back later on and, yeah. and destroy yeah no exactly yeah and and, and that that's a great point start mm-hmm. just and, and to piggyback off that just start yeah just do start something you know a lot of people will will stress about like oh i have to get it just right and that's why i didn't do it for a long time but yeah. Yeah, i'm very you know i'm very much a um you know i tend to be a perfectionist yeah. and stuff. so i'm just like well i only want to do it if i'm perfect but you're not going you're to not be, gonna perfect. be perfect. You're going to mess up. And and even even the top, you know, I guarantee you, yeah. Matt Mercer, some of those times, yeah. he's messing up. Uh, 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 Brendan Lee Mulligan, yeah. he's messing up, you know, but he's just able to yeah. roll with it. You have it to roll with it. And, and he's, you know, they've done this stuff for so long. And so that's really, really what it's about is, is it's okay to mess up. You're there to have fun. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not critical role. It's, yeah. not, it's not Dimension yeah. 20. It's, it's, it's your own home, kind of just fun. You don't have to, you're not making a production. You're, yeah. just, you're not making production. And for anybody who's an online GM out there, it's really hard not to want to make a production because you want to find the, the prettiest map pictures yeah, or yeah, use yeah. a tool to make the prettiest maps. Honestly, like, and I, I do that too. I, I find some maps. I do that. The pen tool can be great. You draw it as you're going, which also lets you change things on the fly to make things more interesting if you get a, a flash of inspiration. Yeah. But also theater of the mind is just, it can do wonders, especially for just like immersing the players. You can run D and D with like very just minimal things set up. Yeah, yeah. I, we use you know we're doing it online. We use uh, uh, Foundry, mm-hmm. but and I have some maps, but yeah. I have this blank page, and then I use uh, a drawing tablet, a yeah. thirty dollar drawing tablet, and I just draw out yeah most of what I need to do. You know, again, I have maps of like water deep and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, and and so you don't need it to be this huge exactly. crazy thing. Just just. You know, make sure you have something and then and and have that fun with it. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, one last point. We didn't really cover it so much here, but I've covered it in a lot of videos. Make sure, like, be, before you do this, learn the structure of a story. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not here just to tell a story, and that's a big thing. You know, you're yeah. not, this isn't your novel. If you want to write a novel, write a novel. This yeah. is going to be, whatever story you write is going to be messed up by players. That's the yeah. one guarantee you that's, have. That's kind of the point. <laughs> the point is that you're not writing a story. You're share, You're sharing a story with your players. You as the DM, the GM, the M, you're the world, and then they're the, basically they're the protagonist more or less. I the, mean, they're the driving factor. They're the driving factor. That's better because, I mean, they might die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, they're the driving factor, and so they're, they're what makes the world go. You're yeah. the world, and they're what makes the world go. Yeah, exactly. And so, but yeah, but, but learn, but learn basic structures of, yeah. of, you know, uh, and, you know, and, and even, you know, I don't, I hate to say game design because again, people approach yeah. it like a game designer, like, uh, like, you know, like a video game designer and things are different, but, but learn little things like, yeah. like, you know, make sure that you're rewarding your, you know, you have to reward every so often, yeah. you know, you can't just keep going. You know, he talks, you know, he talked about how it's just fetch quests over and over. Yeah. You need, you need some you rewards need, in there. You need to, need not to just like, that. not just like a little bit of gold, but like, Give a payoff every so often. I gave some cool items, but like, man, it's just like, hey, I'll do this thing for you if you get this item. Go to the guy to get the item. Hey, I'll give you that item if you get this item. Baldur's, don't run Baldur's Gate to send into a furnace. It's yeah, <laughs> uh. and, and yeah, and, and basic basic story one hundred and one. Yeah. 
is is you have to give it whether you're and that's whether it's a movie, whether it's a show, whether it's a video game, give rewards every so often. You know, mini bosses. That yeah. that's a payoff. That's a mini yeah. payoff. You did a dungeon and you get that payoff. So you know, episodes mm-hmm. of shows. There's there's high points, low points in movies. Yeah. And so, you know, read, uh, read books. If you like to read, um, even if you don't, it's probably just good for you to read anyway. And now there's audiobooks. You there's know, audiobooks. There's audiobooks. Listen, and- listen to books. I don't, I personally, I don't read and I really should, but I mean, <laughs> audiobooks are a good alternative. Yeah. And, and there's so many and- YouTube channels and stuff just talking about story, uh, yeah, story structure. And, and so, and then, and then get some, take some creativity. You know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, creative exercises and stuff you can do. And, and, and so just kind of get, you know, there's, there's things you can do to prep for D and D that isn't D and D itself. Yeah. You know, I was a theater kid, so I did a lot, you know, a lot of stuff I had to do for theater, but I know a lot of other people who, you know, they've taken little creative, between creative writing or just, uh, uh, you know, creative exercises they do take prompts, yeah. kind of do something from that. So it's kind of just like a recap, you know, a little bit, you know, yeah. I, I'm sure we missed a couple of things. We went over a lot, uh, uh, you know, hopefully, Again, a bit rambly, but again, you know, we're, we're really trying to get cover a lot of different things. And, and, you know, the point of this podcast is just to kind of have fun and, and hear different experiences yeah. and, and see, you know, that's, that's, you know, that, before I started doing it, I, I really tried to listen to a lot of stuff and, you know, cause you can learn a lot from other people's experiences. And so it doesn't always have to be like a list format. You just hear yeah. like, oh, this is a situation they ran into. And then maybe mm-hmm. you can be better prepared for it. Like, you know, when yeah. I, you know, like when my player slit somebody's throat and I wasn't expecting it. And then I had to make up a whole police scene. Like, like oh, well maybe, maybe, you know, guards is something I have to worry about now. So, mm-hmm. so I'm sure we missed some stuff here, but this yeah. has just kind of been our experience as newer DMs yeah. uh, with D and D specifically. But I feel like a lot of these things are very, very universal. Yeah. And I hope um, you didn't mind the tangents. You know, we, we talk <laughs> a lot in person and we usually just go on these huge long tangents. So I knew it was bound to happen. We couldn't s- stick purely to a topic, but Hey, you learned that, uh, between the years uh, 98 and 2001 or 2003 2003 that uh wizards was printing pokemon cards so yep. you know you can you can you can keep that that's for you little little, little nugget of knowledge little, for little you nugget of knowledge. To use, to use on your friends yeah um but no i i really i want i want to thank you guys all for listening especially yeah. if you got to this point for for listening yeah. to this very first episode of of uh fireside chat with the bear bard uh, again uh, Wolfgang ninety five, I really appreciate you. Yeah, uh, uh, being a part of this and and yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh, do this again. Yeah, you can find me on the Bear Bard Tales Discord channel, occasionally posting in the memes section. Occasionally okay, so memes, and then also your YouTube. I do have a YouTube channel. It is also Wolfgang ninety five. Um, I'm sure we can just put like a link in the description, or you'll you'll find it if you look it up. You'll find it. Um, I have a I have a cool 75 subscribers only one of them is my mom and uh i had planned to put some D content out uh, very soon i've been meaning to do it for like over a year now and i'm actually finally scripting and getting stuff together so i should be putting some stuff out there yeah and it, it, it'll be good stuff you know uh i'm sure you heard it through here but but i can i can attest strong strong uh, <laughs> uh ttrpg background and then uh, his wife is also an even She's she's Even the one who got me into, D- yeah, D- into D and D. We I met her through D and D actually. So yeah, so yeah, so that's yeah. even you know there's there's a lot of knowledge coming from that household. Yeah, uh, uh, we're gonna have to get her on here at some point. Yeah, too. for sure. But yeah, so so make sure you watch out for that. Uh, if you're looking for for more Bear Bard, uh, you know you can find me on all the different socials. I got uh, Discord, subreddit, Twitter, and then obviously the YouTube. Also on Facebook, the Instagram. No Instagram. I'm not gonna do Instagram. But we do have a TikTok. Ooh, they got a TikTok. TikTok isn't, doesn't have much yet, but it's 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 gonna have more uh, going forward. Uh-huh. 
You can catch me on all the different socials. Uh, also, obviously, uh, you know, we have these podcasts coming out. So if you're listening to it on the YouTube, we do it. We are on all major podcasting platforms. If you're listening to it on uh, the podcast, definitely check out the YouTube. Yeah. You know, I really appreciate it. Uh, we have, a, a, and, you know, if you, again, with, with the socials, uh, the Discord's really starting to grow. We're starting to get a really cool community. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see, you know, uh, more people joining that. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up for today. Uh, again, Wolfgang, I appreciate you coming out. Yeah, uh, and, the and first, the first in many. Uh, first bear fire, fireside chat. Firefight chat, chat with Bear Bard. That's a working title. I keep, you know, I keep wanting have, to say uh, Bear Bard by the fire or something to that effect. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a working title. So if you uh, if you're listening and you're here on the uh, the YouTube or, or on, in Discord, go ahead. Let me know if you have a better better name for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're 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 gonna be a little bit loose here. I'm 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 always willing to admit that I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a part of growing. I mean, exactly. Yeah. But that's gonna do it for us today. So for now, this has been the Bear Bard. Stay kind, stay beautiful, and keep on living that Bard life.